0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Listen, Learn and Burn podcast, hosted by Phil Williams and Jen Kay, co-owners of Lift, Learn and Burn, the online coaching service created to transform the body and minds of females.
1: Getting out and getting steps in can sometimes feel like you're walking for the sake of walking, which is why we're on a mission to make your walks a little bit more fun. So get off the couch, throw your headphones in and get those feet moving. Oh, and if you're in England, it's probably best to take a coat because it's more than likely chucking it.
0: Every week, we'll be going in-depth into a specific topic related to female weight loss. We know how overwhelming and overcomplicated weight loss can be, so we make sure to cut out all the big fancy words and bring you the information that you need to know.
1: And if you're not sure how to start your journey, then head over to our website now to get your hands on our free fat loss guide. Hello welcome. How are
0: we? I'm absolutely f- fabulous.
1: No, I was asking the audience. I'm the, the audience. audience, I'm listening. <laughs> the audience? I am, I'm listening. <laughs> the listener, hello I'm, listener.
0: I'm I'm fabulous, how are you?
1: I am
0: Really? I wonder where that comes from.
1: Don't know, probably Anger Songs and Perfect Snoggin.
0: Never seen it.
1: Oh no, she comes out with all kinds of
0: phrases like, oh, kind of phrase like that.
1: All kinds of phrases like that? All kinds of phrases
0: like that. Do you we were watching Mode um, for Start Australia this week, wasn't it? What yes. did he say when he saw her coming down the aisle?
1: What do you mean?
0: Oh, what was it? Was it holy guacamole or something like that? <laughs> something
1: like that. And she'd yeah.
0: never heard the phrase ever.
1: I don't know if I had.
0: You'd never heard the phrase holy guacamole. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I've not really thought about it
0: before. Oh. I like it anyway. <laughs> I feel like that's like if it's the first time you're meeting someone and they're walking down the aisle. Holy guacamole is a good, that's a good response. I'd yeah. want that. I'd want someone to say holy guacamole. Not me. <laughs>
1: Do you know what? We were talking about this the other day. If you've watched the previous season of Married at First Sight and you um, thoroughly enjoyed Nick as much as we did, mm. we spent the whole time while I was watching that walking around going, You bloody galah! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I'm trying to. I can't do accents. Yours is fantastic, though. I'll leave you to the accents.
1: It's really funny. And now now we're watching it again, I'm really excited for what phrase we're going to be using this time.
0: I know. I think it's probably going to be holy guacamole now, isn't it? <laughs> holy
1: guacamole. Do you know what I'm going to
0: start doing? Every time you walk to the room, I'm going to say holy guacamole. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Can you start doing it for me? <laughs> no. Why? I don't want to.
1: I need It'll this lose kind of
0: I need this positivity in my life. Well, honestly. I'll wait
1: for an opportune moment.
0: If you said holy guacamole to me every day, every time <laughs> I walked into a room, I guarantee at no point would it lose power. <laughs> I'd be excited to hear that at all times. <laughs> I would.
1: Yeah, so we're enjoying that, aren't we?
0: It is absolutely fan isn't it,
1: Jen? Yeah, we it is fan We are watching quite some TV at the moment. I feel like we've got um, really invested in quite a lot.
0: We definitely dip in and out because there was a point I remember we was watching the American Office. And that was all we was watching. And then we stopped watching that and we didn't watch TV for genuinely about three months.
1: Yeah, we actually didn't, did we?
0: We just didn't watch anything. Now we've gone
1: the other Yeah,
0: but at the same time, I feel like it's potentially something to do with lockdown and nothing being made. There's oh, nothing no, really new. All, there's
1: always more stuff on in winter. Though. No, I mean there's nothing new, and everything's been
0: cancelled, and it was mm. just like, oh, that series has been put on hold, and that's been cut, which is fair enough. I'm not complaining. Uh, but now I feel like, like you starts next week, doesn't it? Yeah, a bit I'm exciting. very excited
1: about that. Also, we need to take back the comment that we made about Squid Game. If anyone's a regular listener, why? Because we were slugging it off after oh, was watching we? five minutes of it. Oh, I'm on making memes show.
0: on it, and everything now. <laughs> I'm the biggest fan. I can't believe we was it was calling it names.
1: Yeah, well, we heard so many people talking about it, they were like, oh, maybe we should just go back and give it another go. I think mm-hmm. once we got over the subtitles and the dramatic acting in episode one and two, it seemed to chill out a little bit then, didn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah, well, actually, it does the opposite, but in a brilliant way. It's a, it's genuinely yeah. worth watching, so apologies. For, I don't know why it's not like the creator's listening to this episode. I mean, it might be, but I doubt it. <laughs>
1: Imagine. <laughs> anyway,
0: talking about this episode. Yeah. Nice little segue. Uh,
1: Stop bringing up the segues.
0: I can't help it because if we I don't, you anyway, so yeah, now, I know. Like if I don't bring it up, to be fair, what I'm double checking is, was that an alright segue? No, was it not? Oh, mm-hmm. talking about this episode, is that is that just a uh, that not just something you would say in conversation?
1: No, that one's
0: alright to be fair. I thought it might be. Anyway. Oh,
1: for goodness' sake! Uh-huh. Can someone tell me if they're good at nails? Why I can't quite get the top of my nail right? I've started doing my own gel nails, and I've just looked down and seen that the top of my nail is already chipping, and I only did it at the weekend. And I just don't understand what I'm doing wrong. I'm going over the edge. Mm-hmm. I'm making sure it's over the edge. Yeah, it's still chipping. So if you're listening and you know much about gel nails, tell me where I'm going wrong, please.
0: I know I just said, talking about this episode, that's not what this episode's on. <laughs>
1: Sorry. That was a massive... It's nothing, nothing um, through
0: nails.
1: Yeah, that's how my brain works.
0: Your brain works?
1: no not very
0: well <laughs> no every now and again um yeah it does yeah honestly having a conversation with jen sometimes is mental i can ask jen a question she won't respond for 10 seconds then she'll ask me a question and i'm like you literally haven't just answered what i've just asked you I, it's mad.
1: i just i used to do this in teaching as well like i don't listen no it's not that i don't <laughs> listen i just like lose my train of thought so mm. quickly so like i feel like my brain works at a million miles an hour so if i'm talking about something then something else pops in my head and then i talk about that thing I have no idea what I was talking about before that.
0: And if I and to be fair, this is sometimes a mistake I make, but if I ask Jen a question that doesn't have like absolute concrete, solid context, <laughs> she'll have no idea what I'm on about. But like, I can be like, I'm talking, I can be 99% of the way there.
1: No, I stand by, you no. ask me questions, and literally, it's so out of the blue. It's not. <laughs> it's, it'll be like, so what do you think about that then? And like an hour ago, we'll Whoa. have been talking Whoa. about something. Whoa
0: whoa, an hour ago, what she actually means by an hour is about five seconds. (laughs) Like it'll be five seconds. It can be something, I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example off the top of my head. It'll be something about trying to decide what we're going to have for tea. And we'll both sit there quietly and I'll go, what about mac and cheese? And Jen will go, what about mac and cheese? Like we're literally having a conversation about tea. The last thing you said was, what do you fancy for tea? I Mm -hmm. thought for five seconds and said, "What, what, what about mac and cheese? I
1: strongly disagree on this point.
0: I need to start recording <laughs> conversations at all times because it is mad.
1: I'm going to jot down next time you do it and because sometimes, yes, I agree. Sometimes it is like that because my brain does wander off mm, and I can't is. remember what we were talking about. And then, But that just happens all the time, as we've just found out. Um, but I would say a lot of the time it is a bit like just out of the blue, that you just bring something up like and expect me to understand how your brain got there. I think you have a conversation with yourself in your head.
0: It's because I know you're not going to respond, so I'm like, I'll have a conversation <laughs> with me first, work out the answer, and then respond to Jen, because you ain't going to get anything of her, so I'll make sure I know the answer first. It's probably the thought process me I like, I like this
1: awful human. I'm not really.
0: No, I don't. I said I would say holy guacamole. Every time you walk into a room, how does that make you? I wouldn't say that to an awful human, would I? Eh? <laughs>
1: Maybe, if they look good. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> also, can we talk about on Married at First Sight? isn't
0: just skin deep.
1: Let's go back to Married at First Sight. We well, are. Yeah, spoiler If you have not up to date, just skip well, this bit. A
0: good way to get everyone off the podcast. Good work, yeah? Oh,
1: no. I said skip it. I said do How do they know where to skip to? Uh, 30 seconds. Okay. I'll do it dead quick. Mm. So when they had to order all the other people, mm. anyone who didn't put their partner at the top, I hate them.
0: Mm. I was that's not much of a spoiler. No. No, I'll true. let you off. I'll let you off. Anyway. Sorry, yeah. This week
1: tangent. I don't know how Absolute we just got there. Nails. Uh,
0: yeah, you just forgot you was on a podcast. <laughs> I don't um, think we're going to be talking about how to overcome emotional eating, yes. as you've probably seen from the title, or maybe you don't even check the title anymore. Maybe you just listen, and it's just there. Yeah, this oh. is
1: just. I think as well, I've not put this in. This is just one way of going about it. I think that's important to know. It's not like the only way.
0: Oh no, absolutely To overcome
1: not. emotional eating, but. This no. is. Long. I mean, that's
0: terrible marketing, Jen. You need to change the word. This is the only way. No,
1: it's not. I think it's very important. We're not I that kind
0: of people. No, we just often see people um, phrasing things in a way that's quite negative. Actually, I see a lot of people like, this is the only way to do this. It's like, well, it's not. And this certainly isn't the only way. Uh, but this is definitely one of the ways to go about it. And emotional eating is something that we know impacts quite a lot of people, but it's really, really important as well off the back of what Jen's just said that we mentioned that there are certain levels of emotional eating that we're not specialists to deal with so what we're going to discuss today is the level most of it pretty much what we can but there are some levels of emotional eating that do run deeper and do require specialist help um you can go on bacp.co.uk in order to um discover how you can get that specialist yeah
1: i think it's one that i point people to a lot i actually found my latest counsellor on this is British British Association for Counselling and Psychotherapy and I even if you've never had any kind of counselling or anything before it is a really great place to go actually to make sure that you can find someone to help and I've pointed various clients in the direction of this website in the past and they've been able to find someone who can help them with specific things for them because I think it is really important to understand that Emotional eating can be really deep-seated and can need unpicking by a counsellor, and we aren't qualified for that.
0: But, (laughs) what's also important to mention, it can also not be. Yes. And in many millions and millions and millions of cases, it isn't. And what we don't want to do is make this sound like worse than it potentially might be because not everybody who emotionally eat requires Mm counselling and counselling isn't a bad thing anyway i think it's really important we need to chat a bit more about counselling because the the idea of getting therapy is sometimes i don't i wouldn't use the word demonized but it's seen as like oh my god someone's getting therapy they must be in such a bad place isn't the case and i know in other countries getting therapy is just a given it's just a normal thing it's something that you don't i think that me having a coach gives me therapy in theory yeah um and I think that
1: everyone could benefit from it. That's what I was going to say. I genuinely like think that they could. It's
0: not something that... It's not like a, a means to an end. It's not a finish line. It's something that can really benefit your long term. So, if you are somebody who emotionally eats and you've just heard us talk about counselling, don't panic.
1: Yeah, We're not yeah. saying
0: you have to go and get a counsellor right now and you need to get on that website and make sure you get a counsellor for the rest of your life. That isn't what we're saying. No. We're just saying that having a counsellor isn't a bad thing anyway. Yeah, Getting therapy isn't a bad thing. But... You also might... You probably don't. Like, quite a lot of people don't. Like no, quite Some people do, a lot of people don't.
1: Just to be a little bit more specific on that, like, I've had people come to me who've gone through past trauma and their emotional eating was connected to that trauma and therefore that was not within my scope of practice. And mm-hmm. I said to them, they actually had a counsellor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just said, I think that's really important that you talk through that with your counsellor. And we just didn't touch on that bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think... There's a lot, like Phil said, I'd say the majority of people, it, it comes down to learn habits um, from the people that you either grew up with or live with. You, you kind of pick up habits around labelling certain emotions as good or bad emotions. Um, you see other people using food as a coping mechanism for their emotions. Maybe you you grew up in an environment where you don't talk about emotions and and therefore your kind of coping mechanism then becomes to like internalize those and use food as the coping strategy and there is potential that the deeper seated going back to that a potential need for something that you can control in your life which again i would say is uh, that deeper seated that would need some more help where you feel like food is the only thing you have control over and therefore you use that as a coping mechanism and also it can be a way to just escape emotions rather than feeling them and I think that's generally what we see with clients it's it's there's not um uh, that deep seated kind of or there's often not that deep seated reasoning why it's more just a kind of um not really being emotionally aware of, of what we're actually feeling and and it potentially being a little bit easier rather than looking and feeling and thinking about that emotion than to just eat, eat food. Absolutely. It's the easy option, yeah. isn't it?
0: and that brings us nicely on to the first point, actually, or the first step, because like Jen's just said, there's many different mm-hmm. ways in which uh, emotional eating can arise, or happen, you know, and it's different frequencies for, for people. But the very first step, if you're in a position where you do believe that you are... Using food as a coping mechanism uh, for feeling certain emotions is to simply raise awareness around that emotion. Now I say the word simply, not because it's easy to do, but because that's all you need to do to begin with. That's the first step. It's raising that awareness mm-hmm. around the emotion, around the emotion or emotions that you feel that then trigger that uh, desire to, to cope by using food and quite often that can be incredibly difficult to actually identify what that emotion is, especially as Jen said previously, if you're somebody who's been maybe, you know, brought up to suppress, mask, not actually vocalize your emotions, it can be difficult to then identify what that emotion is, you know, what does, because mm. the thing is as well, we, don't, we only feel it as we feel it, so it's difficult to describe like, what does stress actually feel like? And we can use all the descriptive words on the planet, but for you, what stress feels like is what imp- what is important, not what somebody else feels stress feels like. Um, there are many ways in which you can raise words around it. There are some ways in which uh, work incredibly well for some, some ways in which don't. And then there are some ways that work incredibly well for others and then they don't for that person. I think what's really important is that you do just focus on what you actually feel. What is that? Feeling when you reach for food, and often it can be just a case of noting that down, can't it? And just yeah. getting an understanding of right. I've just reached for food. How do I feel right now? And
1: I think it's going with your gut a little bit on that one. Mm-hmm. Potential, particularly sorry if if you have grown up in an environment where you don't really speak about emotions. Or I was having a discussion with someone the other week, which was really interesting because it came up again with a, another client later on in the week. Is this idea that when you're the people that you live with, or like your other half? don't know how to talk about emotions or what to do or how to react you can then learn rather than having that difficult conversation with them because they don't know what to say to then internalise that and Mm -hmm. I think then when you get stuck in that habit of masking and keeping those in it can be really hard to then start thinking about what that emotion is and I think it's really important as well to say that it's not going to be a quick fix even when you start identifying your emotions because I say to a lot of people, like the first step is noticing you've done it after you've done it. Mm-hmm. Then the next step is noticing you're doing it while you do it. And then the next step is catching yourself before you do it. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start putting that little break and pause in to just before you eat to just go, oh, how am I feeling? It can help to put a little break in that cycle, even if it doesn't stop it. Mm-hmm. It can help to start putting that little pausing, can't it? That's
0: such a big thing because I know a lot of people, and something we massively believe in at llmb is learning, not failing. And when you're actually trying to overcome something like this, I've had this conversation so many times where you will reach for food, and then go, "Actually, I'm just feeling stressed," but then see that as a negative. Like, oh, I can't believe I reached for food when I'm stressed. Mm. You're learning to understand your emotions. Mm-hmm. The fact that you actually was able to check in as you was reaching is an okay. incredible skill to have, by the way. Yeah. The fact that you can open the fridge, reach in and go, hang on, how am I actually feeling right now? That's not failing. That yeah. is not a level of no. failure. That no. is you actually getting some that small, tiny window of space going, how am I feeling? Oh, I'm stressed. Ah, that's why I've reached in. That's not a failure. That's no. not failing at all. That is an incredible skill to have.
1: Even if you keep eating the food. Yeah, yeah, even if you grab the food. Like, <laughs> yeah.
0: Remember the goal here when you are raising awareness, and this is super important as well because I don't think I said this. Your goal is to raise awareness, not to manage emotional eating yet. That's not where we're at. We're at stage one. Step First step is raise awareness what is the emotional feeling
1: and it sounds so wishy-washy doesn't it but like just that and even like we've talked about this idea of like the cycle that you get stuck in it tends to root from kind of a thought or a belief mm -hmm. and again this is where counseling can really help unpick um, emotional eating and understanding what, what that thought or that belief is that started that cycle to then lead to the emotion that you were feeling mm-hmm. that I suppose that's going like the, the even deeper step, isn't it? And um, so what she thought and belief that then led to that emotion that then led to you reaching for food that then very often for a lot of people led to feelings of guilt, failure that then leads to you eating again, which then feeds into that thought that started the cycle and it's putting a break somewhere within that. Mm-hmm. And, actually raising awareness around the emotions is a really good breaking point or potentially unpicking the thought process and again that is something that we sometimes help clients with but sometimes again those thoughts and those beliefs need that deeper work and and speaking to a counselor about that and it's really empowering to find out what those thoughts and beliefs are that trigger those emotions and those actions for you mm. um i find it really interesting when i i think finding a good counselor can change your life with a lot many many things
0: i think um, finding just good coach counselor mentor yeah. just somebody to speak to can be an absolute game changer mm-hmm. in life like it really really can somebody that you can just have a conversation with about how you're feeling which is mm-hmm. why journaling is so powerful yeah well. so next up jk yeah uh,
1: that that is a good point to it. not actually if you're struggling to speak to people about the emotions a journal can be a really good outlet for that um because it's keeping it within you but it's still being able to have that place Mm -hmm. to express those emotions. Um, So next step, once you've identified the emotions that lead you to grabbing the food, so say, for example, let's use me as an example, when I'm feeling lonely, I eat. When I'm feeling tired, I eat sugar. And When I am feeling uh, stressed, I eat. And um, what I've discovered recently, though, is usually my stress is triggered by tiredness which is interesting. So I'm always learning about myself and understanding that. Um, and then uh, I don't really reach for food when I'm anxious, I don't think. I think it's probably just those main three for me that leave me for reaching for food. But say you find found out what yours are, um, we tend to just say try and focus on a few at once because mm-hmm. it can be quite overwhelming. But um, now what we want to do is look at each of those emotions and think, right, okay, when I'm feeling tired, what could I do instead of reaching for food? When I'm feeling lonely, what could I do instead of reaching for food? When I'm feeling stressed, what can I do instead of reaching for food? And I think it's important to note that for each emotion, you need a different bank of strategies, um, because what's going to help you feel better for one emotion isn't going to be the same as the other emotion. So we always say try and aim for three as a minimum, but the more you can get on the the better. And I think at this point, it's really important to know that this really isn't about stopping emotional eating completely. Like, emotional eating is only a real, real problem when it's your only coping mechanism, when food is your only coping... Literally, the only thing that you've got for coping with all of your emotions is food when we don't need to focus on stopping it completely we're just building up our toolkit of coping strategies and this is what we're doing at this point we're building up that toolkit and it doesn't mean that we always pick something off this list to go to sometimes we will still eat the food and that's okay like we still want to be able to enjoy food food still can provide us with comfort it still can provide us with happiness like we're not trying to take that away By doing this, we're just trying to add more things into our emotional eating toolkit, basically, aren't we?
0: Absolutely. And when you're building that emotional eating toolkit, a really good way to actually develop it so that you've got something that actually is physical and you can see it is to literally write down the emotion that you feel and underneath it write down those one, two, three plus ways that you can cope with that emotion within that moment. So you might literally write the word stress and then underneath it write three ways that you feel will help you within that moment of stress. And like Jen said, it's okay if that's food. But once you've got this written up, which is often called an emotions grid, what would be a really good way of ensuring that it it's fresh in your mind and can be used? Because often with a lot of strategies, especially when it comes to mental health and mindset and ways in which we think about things, it's easy to almost forget, especially when it's something new. So once you've got this and you've created this and it's written down, the best thing to do that can work really well is to pop it somewhere where you are likely to see it where you would normally go for food. So in the cupboard, on the fridge, in the fridge, somewhere where you're going to almost given be given a physical cue because as we kind of touched on uh, recently, it's quite a big skill to go from thinking about the emotion after you've eaten to thinking about the emotion mm. before you've eaten. That's quite a big jump. So thinking about it during is a nice little step. It's that kind of, well, I can achieve that. So if you've got that actual grid somewhere, it kind of gives you that sort of physical cue of, oh, what, how am I feeling right now? And mm-hmm. you'll see your bank of usual, I don't like using the word usual, but your bank of emotions that tend to trigger a response where you require food to cope.
1: And I think it's really interesting as well that you say that is like, Very often, when we're feeling an emotion, it's so overwhelming. Mm. It tends to be that it's at a point where it's so overwhelming that we're reaching for food. So, at that point, we don't have the mental capacity to think about what we could do alternatively. That tends to be why we reach for food because it's just like, well, that's the easy option. So, if we've already got a plan of action in place, we're more likely to do those things. And I find really interestingly is what what tends to happen when clients do this. If they find this bit really hard because they realize they've not actually got a lot of coping strategies Mm -hmm. to help them overcome certain emotions Mm
0: -hmm. and that's a normal part of the process because when you're trying to overcome emotional eating it's normal to go through a stage of learning understanding yourself gaining more information about your own body your own emotions the things that both trigger or give you a cue to eat food mm-hmm. and then also the things that can help to overcome that so if you when you are going through this process it's normal for it to feel incredibly difficult like that that's totally normal um and it's okay if you feel like well, i just don't have the answers because a big part of this process is is learning to find the answers isn't
1: yeah it? honestly i genuinely i've been working on this for years and i'm still learning things about myself mm-hmm. and about my emotions and about like I'm so sorry if you can hear Reggie back in the background. Why has he just decided to perk up?
0: I don't know. Where's he come from?
1: He... <laughs> I don't know. Is Someone he... needs some attention. It's
0: because he knows he's going to the vets in half an hour. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what it is. Are you two going to be ready for me? I've got to go soon.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I genuinely am still, and like the, the more I do it, the more I refine it and the more I learn about myself. And it's just a really interesting process. And like the, the longer you do it for, Like the more you start to understand yourself and your triggers and what you need to do to help yourself, basically. So,
0: when you get to that point where you have, you know, got into well, you might not have even got into the kitchen at this point, but when you've discovered that you are feeling an emotion and you've been through step one and step two, you've got your emotions grid, you've got the strategies in place, your options then aren't just simply to just get rid of that emotion or to, you know, you're left in a position where. You have more than just one next step, which I think is really, really beneficial and can really help people actually to know that actually it isn't just a fixed process where I just have to go step one, step two, step three, then I'm done.
1: I think actually if you do that, you're in danger of just replacing the food with something else. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: 100%. So when you approach this situation, you get the option of fixing it, feeding it, feeling it or finding something else. So to break those down, fixing it can often be it can actually show where emotions are really beneficial for us. Because when we're feeling a certain level or a certain emotion, should I say, there's usually a reason why. So if we're feeling stressed. Maybe we are stressed about, I don't know, something that we've not done. Like we've not paid a bill, we've not sent a message, we've not replied to an email. What are you feeling really stressed because we've not done it? You've got the option to fix it. So can you actually do anything about that? Well, yeah, I can go and respond to that email. Suddenly I'm not stressed anymore. Mm-hmm. But sometimes... I, sorry, go on.
1: No, I was just going to say, um, the I think the fixing it feeds a little bit into finding it something else sometimes.
0: Yeah, they, them two can feel quite similar, can't they? Because sometimes finding the something else is when you're in a position where you can't necessarily always fix it. So there's certain things where, let's say, for example, you're feeling stressed about a meeting at six o'clock. You can't really fix that. You can kind of prep for it. You can do more work for it. But if you're fully prepared, you're ready to go, but you're just feeling maybe stressed or anxious or worried about something that's coming up, you can then find it something else, which could be going for a walk. Which then does technically fix that fit, you know, yeah, that, so that, that kind feeling, of yeah. This
1: is off each other, doesn't it? There's
0: a similarity, but you know, you might still have some level of it. But again, this is where we now start to approach the fact that emotions aren't necessarily bad things and often it's just they've been attached to the word bad or unhealthy when in reality that they're there for a reason and we should sometimes listen to them. Can or we should listen care. to them. Yeah, absolutely. It's not criticism. No. Or you can feed it. Because, as we've mentioned, food isn't something that we're trying to get rid of. We're not trying to remove, we're not trying to get rid of this idea of eating through emotions. In fact, a lot of eating can provide emotions as well, especially if it's, you know, something, you know, an item of food that you've loved for years and years and years. It's probably going to have some emotion potentially attached to it. It's probably going to have maybe a past event attached to it. There's going to be loads of reasons why emotions around food aren't a bad thing. And so, feeding it, actually eating the food, isn't a bad thing.
1: Yeah, and then I think the last one, which is a ridiculously important one.
0: Always overlooked as well, this one. Always
1: overlooked. Actually feel it. Like, I think it's really, really important to feel that emotion and sometimes even just sit with it. Mm. Like, sometimes all you need to do is just sit with that emotion and just allow yourself to feel it rather than trying to cover it up or fix it or do anything with it. Just actually, like, feel the emotion. Mm. Because I think we're, we're, we're so quick to mask or get rid of emotions that... My emotion, currently right now that I'm identifying, is frustration at Reggie. It's
0: a good job he's cute, isn't it?
1: It really is. And you will have not noticed our seamless pause whilst we told Reggie off for barking. So fingers crossed he shuts up now.
0: You might have noticed the non-seamless pauses, though. It depends how good my podcast editing is. (laughs) Basically, if you've noticed four random spots of changes throughout this episode, that's because when he starts barking, we have to pause it. Tell him to be quiet. And and then start again.
1: Yeah. And can I just say... We're not re-recording with the barks because we are real life humans. We've got a dog. And we've got a dog. Like we've got a dog. And that dog isn't quiet at all times. And do you know what? We're rolling with that because we're not striving for perfection here. Mm. We are real humans living real lives, recording podcasts with real puppies that bark. One day we'll just bring him on the
0: episode, <laughs> just let him sit here and bark.
1: No, no one needs that in their ears.
0: Well, why have we got him then? Because we have it in our ears all the time. <laughs> hey, don't do it anywhere near as
1: much. We've do had you know a great what? few weeks where he's so been, been quiet.
0: He has been great. So. Hopefully this episode has given you a bit of an insight into yes. what emotional eating is. Whether you, because sometimes people don't even know they emo- emotionally eat. They don't. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've not heard of it. But it maybe feels not, like a, it.
1: a big scary thing as well, and I don't. I really don't think it. Need, like, no, it, it's, absolutely not. I feel like there's a spectrum with emotional eating. Like we talked about, like there can be some real deep seated reasons why we emotionally eat, but it can also just be like literally like when we feel a bit rubbish we just eat chocolate because it makes us feel good like yeah <laughs> there's a whole spectrum of frequency as well isn't
0: it like yeah it's yeah. like once a year compared to once an hour like there's so many different things to take in consideration but as we said at the beginning this is one of the the processes that you can go through that can massively help um, but it's really important that you just gain an understanding around it first of all so mm. That first Explore
1: step. Explore it. Be first curious. First
0: the biggest one. Yeah, be curious. Raise awareness yeah. around it. Gain an understanding about it. If you do nothing else, if you don't take step two, step three, if you do that first thing you raise awareness, that can be the biggest step. Mm-hmm. It can be huge just to gain a bit of an understanding about it because quite often step two and step three kind of fall into place. And anyway. do you know
1: what? Step three, where you or step two, should I say, where you come up with a bank of alternatives. Actually, that's a really, really interesting place to be and can take quite some time to build like we said before because often the reason we're feeling these emotions is because we're lacking a little bit of good stuff in our life and we can't I remember when I like I've been running a business and teaching full-time for a year and a half I stopped I had free time I was like I've no idea what I do with it anymore I'm still exploring what I do with my free time and I still don't know what makes me happy in my free time yet like that's such an ongoing process for me right now um, but, yeah, it's it's about that continued exploration and about understanding that you're a real-life human and the dog is still going to bark even when you think it's not.
0: Oh, he didn't say a word when we went quiet. Maybe just barking because he can hear us up here. Anyway,
1: he's, he's being needy. He's being desperate and needy and he needs to stop.
0: Yeah, but it's not that simple.
1: No, and unfortunately it's not.
0: Right, should we... Wrap this up question. with a bit of an on-the-spot question. Yeah. I'll learn it, I'll burn it, and then we'll go and tell Reggie how fantastic he is.
1: So he stops working.
0: Potentially, yeah. Fingers okay. crossed.
1: Right, on-the-spot question is funnily enough we've both just discussed this before the podcast the not it ob- the
0: question itself
1: no 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 the question and the learn it or ob- burn from the same people this week so laura hurst is taking person. over the whole back end of the podcast yeah it's fantastic I love <laughs> thank that. you laura and um, make sure we get um questions in next week for phil for me To Phil yeah, for me
0: somebody right now pause the podcast just as you listen to it question. right now drop me a quick dm with an on the spot question for jen please. we know you've
1: been listening And we know you want to send a question, so now is the time.
0: Now's your opportunity.
1: Question is, what is the worst slash most annoying catchphrase? Ooh. And then she put a little thing on the end, which I think is funny because you like me and get them wrong. Yes, that's what I was just about to say. I was like,
0: this will be an interesting question to ask me because you've probably never heard of the catchphrase because you tend to put about seven together, don't you? Yeah,
1: I know what mine would be, actually. Go on, with yours? Live, laugh, love.
0: Is that a catchphrase? I don't know. I hate it.
1: (laughs) That's instantly what popped into my head.
0: Yeah, I hadn't even thought. I was so sorry if you've different. got that
1: stuck on your wall or on a frame somewhere in your house. I apologise profusely, but I hate it.
0: Yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. That's not for me either. Do you think we should get it somewhere in the house? Uh, no. Like up the side of the nope.
1: No, I've seen stairs. that, no.
0: Yeah, no, not for me either. Um, I love a catchphrase. He I actually will. said Catch last phrase. week. Yeah. Ah, that's where she got the question from.
1: Because you wanted to go on catchphrase? Yeah, that's
0: clever, Laura. I, like I don't
1: that. think mine's a catchphrase, I'll be honest, but...
0: Yours is more of a quote.
1: Quote, yes. Mm. What's your catchphrase that you hate almost are you?
0: I love all I genuinely don't think I hate I think catchphrases are incredible. <laughs> Give me an example of a catchphrase, actually, in case I'm on the wrong I, I don't know, like here.
1: um You telling me to do the thing that you know I can't do. Yeah, that's um true. you you can lead a horse to water but you, you can't, can't make, make it drink. drink.
0: See, for me, I love a catchphrase because I also like an analogy and I yeah, think they're quite similar. they
1: are very similar.
0: So this is a terrible answer to your question, but I love catchphrases. No, there
1: must be one.
0: I would have to hear it and go, well, I'm not a fan of that because I genuinely think I love catchphrases. I think they're incredible. I love catchphrases. I love analogies. I love anything that... Just stuff on. Like metaphors. That. Yeah.
1: I was never very good at metaphors. you're not very
0: metaphorical.
1: Not very metaphorical. I live a very simple life. I needed to be very black and white. I don't like to read between lines, hence why I wasn't very good at English Read literature. between the lines,
0: that's a, that's a metaphor, isn't it? I think so. Because you're not actually reading think... between the lines, surely. <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> there, there's nothing written there. Yeah. Although Seriously. technically there is, because the line is where you write, so when you read between the lines, that's what you always do, you oh, read between the lines.
1: Oh, I get all confused when I think about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm a bit lost on that one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I honestly... I need someone to DM me some terrible catchphrases so I can decide whether I don't like them or not because I think I like them all. I just think no. I love a catchphrase. Uh,
1: no, there's got to be some.
0: There's one that's uh, that telling me that you're ex without telling me that you're ex. That's like a big one that's out at the moment, isn't tell it?
1: Tell me that you're ex. Like, tell
0: me you're tired without telling me that you're tired with a picture of you asleep. Oh, like that. I'm with you. Like, i I still think that's brilliant though. <laughs> I saw someone put it on their Instagram the other day saying like, that they hated it and it was the worst catchphrase of 2021 and I'm like, it's pretty good i've used it i like it i'm a fan of it <laughs> um yeah there's probably some that i just don't understand and then i just block them out of my head if i don't understand something just get rid of it don't i
1: yeah.
0: don't keep it in there uh but yeah no so that's for the poor answer but just love catchphrase
1: yeah
0: don't have a bad one don't have one i don't like don't there's like gotta life. be
1: a rubbish one i just can't think
0: of it someone's gonna have to tell him that. Yeah.
1: yeah
0: someone sent me a catchphrase now that you hate pause the podcast again after you've sent me your uh, on the spot Send me a catchphrase that, in fact, Laura. I know you're listening, so you do it now. Send me the catchphrase that you think is terrible, and I'll decide whether you're right or not <laughs> to think that that's a terrible, uh, terrible catchphrase. Because I just don't think I hate them. No. Right. Let's hope that you like a joke then. Eh? Okay. Go on. So learn you it, or did burn say, it. Is this
1: the one that you read and then said this is a good
0: one? I always say that. <laughs> that's I think true. I, I think eh? All jokes are good. I've never thought. See, so yeah, I'm saying with jokes. Yeah. I don't think any jokes are bad. I think jokes are brilliant as long as they make sense. I think they're absolutely sensational.
1: Come on then. Let's go.
0: So. How does a computer get drunk? Don't
1: know.
0: It takes screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you that one. I really like that one. She followed it up with, Jen will love that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I said, that is definitely her level.
1: It is my level, I love that mm. so much.
0: I knew you would. <laughs> Learning that one, Jen.
1: Yeah, I believe remember floppy can... disks? I do. That's funny, that, isn't it? Just floppy disks are funny.
0: Do you remember, I actually saw, I'm not going to remember the number, what storage a floppy disk had. No. I need to find this now. No,
1: don't find it. Oh, no,
0: it's worth it. I'm
1: not very good at storage, though.
0: Yeah, to be fair, I'm not, but it told me what that was compared to what we're at right now. All right. So, the most commonly used floppy disks have the capacity of 800 kilobytes. I'm pretty sure an image is like three megabytes
1: oh my goodness (laughs) so what
0: did we put on oh it was like word documents wasn't it that's all we ever had on poppy disk right we need
1: to wrap this up because Reggie is going nuts and I sincerely apologise for this behaviour from the dog
0: I make no apologies you all like the photos when you see him if you can't handle him at his worst you don't deserve him at his best (laughs) And I love that catchphrase. I hate that one. <laughs> That's I've found, one. That's I found the one. one. i found one that I hate. I hate that catchphrase. There's your answer, Laura. Later than expected. If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Done. Right. You're probably right, but I don't need to see it in hashtags and written all over your Instagram. Anyway.
1: Right. Right. Go and have
0: a fantastic day. We'll go sort out the needy dog. we
1: will going
0: take Regis to the vet. not because he's barking. He's actually here for an appointment. <laughs> <laughs> we don't just take him every time he barks. We're not weird. Uh, but go and have an absolutely phenomenal day. Please get your questions sent over on the spot to me for Jen next week. Send and your jokes across to me for Jen every week. Oh, I've got a great one from Sally. And not we'd one love
1: one a new little... Star rating and a little a little written rating underneath the podcast. Mm. If you can oh. have a little scrolly scroll down to the bottom and give us a little written rate, written review, that'd be dead nice, that would.
0: It would. And I'm not gonna reveal what it is, but we've got some exciting podcast ideas coming up soon, haven't we? Yeah. Some very, 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 very exciting podcast. Uh something's happening anyway, and we'll tell you. It's in happening. Right. Three weeks. Have a phenomenal day. See you
1: later. Love you bye.